if you can speak and write well, then you will rise up in positions of responsibility and influence. You will be able to make a greater contribution. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Andrew, the time is imminent. Which means now? Any minute now. Any minute now. It it could happen right now. It could happen as soon as this podcast launches, or it could be next week or next month. Well, um, whatever the uh, we're obviously is. not talking about a solar eclipse because no. everyone knows when that's going to happen. This is true. This is true. Uh, are you talking about World War III, the complete collapse of the economy as we know it? Um, <laughs> no, 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 The no. resignation of Nancy Pelosi. No. <laughs> I mean, what is so imminent that I don't know about? No, you do know about this. This is something that we have worked on and have been working on for months, almost, I can almost say years. And that is our introduction, our intro to public speaking course. Yes, and we need this because it replaces mm-hmm. a previous product, Speech Bootcamp. Speech Bootcamp, yep. which was good for a while. It was good. And it even won like the first place homeschooling public speaking curriculum even though it was not that good. Well, the fact that there's not a whole lot of public speaking courses out there mm-hmm. may have contributed to its success. But, yeah. but when you're also, the only goldfish <laughs> in the tank, you look pretty good. You look right? pretty good. Well, and the speech boot camp, in some ways, this course that we've now done, Intro to Public Speaking, we we looked at speech boot camp and said, what is good about this course? And let's move those good things and into this new course and what wasn't good and let's leave or that part out. Mostly what was lacking. Yes. Because exactly. it was such a short thing. Four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. And Boot and camp. the whole purpose, just so people know, when we moved out of California, I was very involved in the speech and debate club there. Yes. And so for several years I had done a two week public speaking intensive for students that wanted to consider or wanted to join our speech and debate club. Ah, So it was mm -hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, four classes, boom, now we start the school year, now we get into speech and debate. And they said, well, you're leaving. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, we'll make a video. Mm -hmm. So we did a video, literally in two weeks, (laughs) which isn't really enough time for anyone to prepare well, but we did it, we pulled it off. And it became a good product and yeah. helped a lot of people. But I actually was pretty happy when we retired this product. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, and I'm very excited about the new one because yes. I think it will, you know, have a much greater positive reach. Right. 
Exactly. Well, and you, of course, are a public speaker. You like to say you're a professional talker. So who better to teach this course than you? But I've had the privilege of not just watching you teach this group of students over 12 weeks. So this is considered a one-semester class, 12 weeks. You can expand it a little bit you, if you, you want You could to. spread it out over a whole year. Just you could. Just put more time in between. Exactly. That's possible, too. Do, do a few more. Yeah. But I've also had the privilege of watching the videos and, you know, going through the editing. <laughs> privilege. Uh, if I had to do your job, I would call it a chore. But <laughs> you do watch all the videos I that do. we produce. I yes. do. Multiple times and, yeah. you know, give feedback to our video editing team. Of, your, your job is to prevent me from looking stupid in public. Well, absolutely. That's, <laughs> Which I greatly appreciate. Well, and that's not all. What's actually a little bit, sometimes a little bit more challenging is my commitment to the students that we're not going to make them look stupid. Oh, because of course they're young and yeah. they may say something that a year from now they would be appalled at having yeah. said, but that's the nature of growing up. Exactly, exactly. And, and we got them all to sign waivers. We did. <laughs> so nobody's going to sue us because they, no, but we do no. want to put the absolute best. It's true. It's can. true. So I thought it would be helpful to our listeners to know what's coming. It's you know, by the time you listen to this, it might actually already be out on the market. Well, let me ask you a question. Yes. Who's this for? What's the target audience? Like, who should consider getting this introduction to public speaking? Who are you teaching? What kind of kids would you make do it? Yes, make do it. I love it. So this is a 12-week course for middle and high school students. So middle schoolers, high school students. They're going to learn memory techniques because a lot of the speeches are memorized speeches. Yeah. They might write the speech, but then they have to memorize it to, in order to deliver it. Um, we start off by memorizing poetry, a little mm -hmm. bit of poetry, mm -hmm. and they learn some techniques in delivery, how to project, right. how, where to stand, where to look, not at your paper, for example, and you talk about that. Um, and then we have actually five different speeches that the students learn. In addition to the recitation of some poetry, they do a self-introductory speech, mm -hmm. self-introduction speech, a narrative, a story, so telling a story, expository, explaining how to do something, um, a persuasive speech, and then at the end we did impromptu speeching. Oh, yes. Impromptu speaking, I, yeah. I remember the impromptu. Yes, <laughs> I think we were a little nervous how that might come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it turned it turned out pretty good. Out and of then, uh, what, fifteen kids, 12, mm -hmm. 12 to fifteen. Yep, yep. Um, we got a few pretty good ones. Yes, we did. And some of the students had had experience in public speaking before. Right. And some were, they were definitely there because their parents made them do this <laughs> public speaking. Well, course. I guess one question that people may have is. Mm -hmm. Why mm -hmm. should I make my kids do this? Why should I worry? What What's valuable or important about learning public speaking? Well, and, you know, I mentioned that I watched your video, and I'm going to turn this question around to you because you're the expert, not me. But there have been a handful of times while I'm reviewing this course and getting it ready that I personally had to do public speaking. I actually spoke recently at my father's funeral. Hmm. And I actually uh, addressed some women at our church, and 
And you give techniques of how to plan your speech in terms of how fast do you speak and how much content do you need if you're given, you know, 15 minutes to speak or 20 minutes or less, how much, how do you prepare for that, how to do a good introduction. I mean, everything that you're teaching, I applied and I'm not a professional talker, but yet it was definitely useful to me in my own personal experience. Well, that's good to know because there may be some adults who secretly would like to take this course and yeah. learn this stuff. Sure. Even though they're not teaching exactly. you know, middle school or high school yeah. kids. So that is well, one of the things I have noted and said to mm-hmm. young people and their parents very often, I'll get someone who says, well, my, my son doesn't like writing. Mm-hmm. They'll say that. In front of their child, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's a 14-year-old kid standing next to his mom at a convention, and she says this. And I will usually try to turn that and address the student and say, well, you know, it doesn't really matter what you go into in life. You may think that you don't need these skills, but whether you go into engineering or the military or garbage collecting, mm-hmm. right? If you can speak and write well, then you will rise up in positions of responsibility and influence. You will probably make more money. You will be able to make a greater contribution. The best engineer, he stays an engineer. It's the engineer who can speak and write engineering ideas that will rise up into a, more of a leadership role. And that's just the way the world is. Yep. You know, you may think, oh, I'm not going to need this in my life. But, you know, I often say, but God may have bigger plans for you. Yep. Right? You may have a destiny to do something more than you imagine right now. Mm -hmm. And so this would help you prepare for that. So, you know, try and move it. But it, it is interesting. Dr. Webster, you know, in the very beginning said to me, I don't like it when people say the writing program. Mm hmm as if that's all it were. Mm -hmm. He always would say, it's an oral and written communication program. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so we've tried to, you know, keep that going as as much as we can encourage people to include the oral part of it. Sure. And with the public speaking, of course, that was the main focus. Right. And yet we're still using many of the same structure ideas from keyword outline of your speech to narrative story sequence to even, you know, the the essay speech model Mm -hmm. is very similar uh, for beginning students. Right, exactly. And I just think of, you know, when we teach writing, we teach the students how to tell back from their keyword outline, you know, starting in unit one, but then all the way up just to rehearse it and kind of practice it in your mind before you put it on paper. In the speech class, they're doing the keyword outline to create the content. They're writing the story or the essay or the persuasive speech. And then from that, they're creating a keyword outline that they use to give their speech. They're not just reading their speeches, Right. which I love that. You make an outline, you write your speech, Then you make an outline of the speech you wrote, and then you practice until you can do it, Mm -hmm. hopefully from memory or at least with very little help. And, you know, I was thinking about this, how most people have a fairly limited vocabulary in day-to-day conversation, Mm -hmm. which is why 
uh, memorizing poetry, memorizing other people's famous speeches actually helps to improve vocabulary. Mm -hmm. It moves words from the passive, I can see that and kind of know what it means, into the active, I can use this word when I'm speaking. And most people would also say, well, my, my writing, I can use words in my writing that I wouldn't normally use in just talking. Why? Well, you've got more time. Two, you've got resources. Mm -hmm. you, you start to write a word and you think, is that the best word? And then maybe you go and even consult, you know, a, a thesaurus type of tool to find just the right word. And in doing that, that gives you access to nuance of meaning and therefore nuance of thought that is beyond yep. what you would have if you hadn't done it. And then that word can move into your formal presentation through a speech. Right. So just from the point of basic vocabulary development, expansion, improve, improved competence using words, there's huge value. Yes. To do all of those steps and not just write the keyword outline and speak from your keyword outline, but to go ahead and, and take the time to write the essay and then do the keyword outline from that to give your speech. So we have these di five different models. And one of the things that I love that we do in our course is we give exemplars. Now, the students in the class, they are middle school and high school, but we chose adults to do the exemplars. So mm -hmm. let me just share some of those just for your yeah, amusement some, some and going back. Very and, good ones. Yeah. So we had the students memorize the poem, Casey at the Bat. And that was an opportunity for them to practice expression and being able to present in a way that is very entertaining. Yeah, right? and just projection, enunciation, clarity, pacing, all of that important stuff. Right. So our own Nathan King actually does this really awesome recitation of Casey at the back. He memorized the whole thing, and that's a part, as I said, of this course, and you give some memorization techniques, and Nathan memorized and did the different voices for the umpire, and it was it was a real delight to watch him do that. And then we had Will give a set—Will works in our customer service department. He did a self-introductory speech, and he talks about reading and flying and hiking in Hawaii, and it's really a delightful, and he does a fabulous job as well. And no, we wouldn't expect a junior high or high school student to speak at this level, but that's what an exemplar is, right? Well, it's and it fits with our whole understanding of teaching a skill. Mm -hmm. We have to learn through imitation. Right. Therefore, the quality of the model right. that we choose will affect the quality of our effort at imitation. Right. And you know, I think this is one area where school teachers mm -hmm. are kind of stuck. Like, who's going to do a good modeling of this? Right. Um, if we just let the kids model for each other, well, yeah, some are better than others. Mm -hmm. But where's the, the significantly better model right. that will help everybody improve? Yep. 
Yep. So, yep. Well, and our storyteller was Michelle. I don't know if you remember we her our ambulance girl girl story where she <laughs> her first week or two in a new school she winds up having to take a ride in an ambulance to her extreme mortification. Well, and she was in a foreign country in at a foreign the country, time, yes. so yeah, it was even more. But yes, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and then Rachel did an expository speech on how to dress well on a budget. So really practical information for mm-hmm. college students, but yet presented in a way that was very informative. And then Claire, she is actually, or did at the time, do a speech, a persuasive speech competitively on is stress good? And I'm not going to answer the question because I want you to, listener, get the course and find out. Is I better stress- re-listen to that one because yeah. I'm about to go and do a talk that includes that very question. That idea of stress. Stress. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, we'll have to have you listen to that. And then our very last class, which required no preparation, of course, is impromptu. And our own Maria, who's our podcast princess, we like to call her that, who helps us with the podcast, she was given three choices on three little scraps of paper. And she had to choose one of them and give a speech without any preparation And her three choices are, I thought you'd be interested to know this, when angry count to 10, if very angry count to 100, and Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Yep. And then another one was, always remember you are unique, just like everyone else, (laughs) which I love that one. I wish she had chosen that one because I would love to have heard her thoughts on that, but she chose this one. Words are, of course, the most powerful drug used by mankind. And that was Kipling that said that. Kipling? Yep, yep. Wow. Okay. And, uh, so she got up there and did a little impromptu speech. And, of course, she had done years of speech and debate in high right. school, yeah. but was maybe, you know, a little bit removed from that, but not. But I love at the very beginning of the speech, she says, you never get over being nervous. <laughs> so just kind of admitting, you know, here we are. I'm nervous. I've done this a hundred times, but I'm a little nervous about this. And then she launches into it. And then the students... Not for these particular exemplars, but for each other are taught how to critique. And you go into a lesson of what it means to critique, and it doesn't mean to be critical, but it means to give positive and negative feedback so that the students can improve. So Right. Well, and one thing that I, I think is so valuable about including that in the course is that when you listen to someone else and you can give a modicum of useful, constructive yeah both maybe positive and areas for improvement, when you can do that for someone else, you're more likely to be able to listen to yourself Mm -hmm. and give yourself some positive possible areas for improvement feedback. That's hard. It's really hard to critique your own writing, your own speaking, but through practice, you can become a little more objective. So I think that was, it's a hard thing to get kids to do that Mm -hmm. well, but it's worth pushing that direction. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. One other thing I wanted to mention is that this course is, as I mentioned at the very beginning, it's an intro to public speaking. The goal would be kind of like this speech boot camp, prepare students for competitive speech if that's what they want to do. Now, you don't have to, but you mentioned that a couple times in the course. You know, here's some opportunities for you to pursue competitive speech and maybe even go into debate. So, But that's not what we're doing here. No, it's not a a 
competitive speech and debate preparation program right. per se, but it does kind of raise the question, if this is the intro, mm-hmm. what's after? Right. So there are, and there are so many, so many opportunities. Right. And we actually worked with the NCFCA, the National Christian Forensics and Communication Communication Association. Association. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I can say the letters, but I don't always remember the name, the order, the words to help them develop their curriculum for speech policy. And we've worked also with uh, people in groups Mm -hmm. that are connected with STOA, which is the other national uh, debate. League. Mm-hmm. Yep. STOA is not an acronym. No. <laughs> S-T-O-A. It's a Greek word meaning porch in front of a public building where people would stand and debate stuff, I guess, <laughs> the STOA. Yeah. Uh, but both are, are excellent organizations. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, organizations for schools. Yep. Uh, so if any of our listeners are working in a school, mm-hmm. the National Speech and Debate Association, I believe. Mm -hmm. And there's also a group for Christian schools. Mm -hmm. So there are several leagues and lots of opportunity. But, you know, I always say this is an extremely powerful thing to do at a younger age. Mm -hmm. And I use the example. It is much easier to get a 10-year-old to stand up and play their first violin recital or a 7-year-old or 12-year-old than to get an 18-year-old to stand up and play their first music recital. The earlier you start doing things in front of your peers and others, the more comfortable you will be for your entire life. So just creating an aptitude of confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, even if kids do this and then five years from now they don't remember any of it, it's okay. They will have this memory of having been able to do it somewhat successfully that will allow them, maybe they take a public speaking course in college because it's required for their major. My wife, she has an elementary education degree. Mm -hmm. And you know how you can walk and get your diploma with the graduation ceremony, even though you're actually not graduating yet because you have one more class to take over Was the that summer. her last class? It was. She was she so mortified. She yep. four or five years over uh, this public speaking class. So she, she got her little empty diploma case, <laughs> yes. walked with you know her yeah. peers, and then had to take public speaking over the summer before she could get the actual degree. Yep. And so she always says, I... I don't speak in front of groups very well, but she's actually quite good. Yes. But there is that benefit of doing it when you're mm-hmm. younger, and then you just feel more confident for your whole life. So I want to talk just about some of the components that are included in this course. So we've got a really nice box, and inside the box there is a notebook, a binder, that the students then organize their papers. We're, We're big on binders. We we actually are helping students grow up to be organized paper pushers. <laughs> paper management, yeah. <laughs> paper management system. And then there's also a teacher's guide, a teacher's manual that has more hints and help with the students. Of course, there's the video component, either with DVD or streaming video. But then with this course, we created a special portable wall. We call it the portable wall for the public speaker. And actually, we sell this one as a standalone product, but also we include it with 
the course itself. So you had mentioned, you know, going off to college, you've forgotten everything. Well, right. no, you won't forget everything. You won't forget everything. Because you'll have your little portable wall for public speaker with you. And this talks about how to organize your speech, you know, with the intro, the body paragraphs, the conclusion, which of course you write the body first and you write your conclusion and then do the intro. And then the intro has got the attention getter. It talks about where to stand on different spots. Like you talk about the speaker's triangle that's mentioned here. There's the memorization techniques, including the loci, uh, where you... Yeah, it depends how that. you want to pronounce your yeah. Latin, but it could be loci or loci or loci. What did you call loci. it? I probably used the pronunciation that I taught, which would be loci. Yeah, okay. L-O-C-I. But it basically means location, mm -hmm. so that you are attaching things to locations in your memory. And it goes all the way back to ancient rhetoric training. Some people may have heard of the medieval memory palace, that mm -hmm. idea of having a, a room or a building. And so you have these sequence of ideas and you put them in a particular order and you have like a mental map and then you can recall things because they one leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. Right. And it's a it's an ancient and still understood principle of memory yep. to use a visual to anchor a sequence of ideas. So we uh, we actually unpack that pretty well. I think so for students in this. And of course, it's something you know. Here's the idea: you need to practice it a little more to get good at it. Right. Well, but, and one uh, of the examples that you gave in the course that I think. Our, our listeners will appreciate is you told a series of five jokes and you use this method to help you remember the key words of the joke. So it was, uh, it was actually very cleverly done. So and Yes, then, I always have to put jokes in these videos. It's yeah. just like this compelling thing, I suppose. <laughs> they're sprinkled in. They're not necessarily at the beginning of every course. Like, like, like all the before, SSSs. But, yeah. but I think this portable walls, I mean, what do we have now for portable walls? We have the regular Portable walls for structure and style. Mm -hmm. We have the grammar portable walls. And then we have the for the primary students, Tools for Young Writers. Tools for Young Writers. That's got little stickers on it. Yeah, that's a cutie. And then um, this now new one. And then we are coming out with another one later this year that we can talk about later. Another oh, portable wall. But people want just a hint. What's okay. it going to be? It's called Portable Walls for the University writer. Yep. Oh. Yep. So we've got that some That should strength. be a big seller. I think I think so. I think so. So anyway, lots of great information here. Oh, I wanted to mention one more thing. You talk about ways of persuasion and you talk about logic. Ethos, pathos, logos. Thank you. Yes. And yes. so the, the heart, the mind, and the appealing to someone else in authority, how to persuade people using these techniques. So, and, and then- the kids try and go with that? And yeah. And, you know, I would say it's not like we did anything revolutionarily mm -hmm. new in this course. This stuff has been around for centuries, millennia. Right. But what we did do, I think, very effectively is take the best of what has been known and taught for a long time mm -hmm. and put it into a very manageable relatively easy to deliver, practicable, yep. and therefore practical mm -hmm. package. Yep. And that's kind of what we're good at doing, I yes, guess. Yes, so. I think so. Well, this is an exciting course, and I hope 
listener, that you will take some time to look through it. You know, it minimally get the portable wall for the public speaker. If you love that and go, wow, I wish there was a whole course built around some of these ideas, well, then you can get the whole course, Intro to Public Speaking. Look forward to teaching it in the fall in the or fall. maybe even a summer boot camp. A summer boot camp. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Right before joining a speech and debate club in August. <laughs> there you go. So many applications. So many applications. Well, Andrew, this is a great course, and I'm sure we will hear great things about it from those that are using it. You're so optimistic. Always. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Here you can also find show notes and relevant links from today's broadcast. One last thing, would you mind going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast? This really helps other smart, caring listeners like you find us. Thanks so much.